I first want to begin by thanking you to allow me to be with you this morning. As it was shared in the announcements, my title is that I am the missional curate for Lower Fairfield County, a title which has not existed till August when I began my work. To put it in a nutshell, rather than working for a parish, i.e. one church, I work in a region of our diocese, finding new ways and meeting new people to partner to do common mission work, whether that's fellow Christians, non-Christians, or people of other faith, little faith, or no faith. As I shared with a previous group, when I meet with people and they say to me that they seek a just and fair society, to me that is simply they seek the kingdom of God. I may call it the kingdom of God, they may have another title for it, but we can definitely work together to make that happen. Today's gospel shares something very enthralling and exciting to me. As a young boy, I remember being in the schoolyard when kids would get mad at each other, insults would fly. The most creative ones would be, you know, picking something, something, or whatever it may be. As you get older, the insults get more creative. But today, the insult that I've ever heard towards anyone is this. You brood of vipers. If I dare to call someone that, God knows that a fight would probably break out, or they would just stare at me and think I'm crazy. Nonetheless, John the Baptist gives us this term, you brood of vipers. Unlike any insult I've ever heard, this catches my attention, not just merely because of its strange set of words, but because of its context. See, in today's gospel, John is not mincing any words. He is direct. He is crude. He is honest. As the crowds gather around Jesus, John warns the masses not to be idle, but to be ready. To be ready because the one who was promised to come in order to grant salvation has arrived in Jesus Christ. And while some around him think that John is the one, John is simply, but yet very powerfully, the forerunner, the one who was to come before the one. As our friend puts it jokingly, John was simply the opening act for the main show. John's message to the crowds who gathered around Jesus was to be ready not merely in body, mind, and soul, but to be ready to produce fruits worthy of repentance. Just like the term broods of viper, uh, uh, broods of viper, that term, fruits of repentance, it's one that for me needs a little unpacking. I know what fruits are, especially when we speak of a person producing fruits. But fruits of repentance does not simply make sense to me just reading from the pages of Scripture. To produce fruits, ultimately, in the context of the Christian life, is to produce things that enrich our life, but also the life of others, those whom we love, even those whom we struggle to love, and even strangers. John's message to the crowds who gather around Jesus was to be ready. And when the crowds asked John, what then should we do? John says to them, whoever has two coats may share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food 
must do likewise. John's message to the crowds is not merely a list of great suggestions to undertake, but truly an invitation to be transformed by Jesus. See, to the tax collectors who were known to steal from both rich and poor, John's message to them is to no longer steal from those people. For the soldiers, soldiers from a foreign empire, that is the Roman Empire occupying Palestine, who were known for exploiting and extorting people, his message is not to extort and exploit people, but to live from their fair wage. Let's not be naive for one second. While tax collectors, soldiers, and others gather around John and Jesus in hope of hearing a good message, that does not mean that they like what they heard. Isn't it often that we will meet with someone, someone we love, someone who's new to us, hoping that that person may share with us some good news or something that will enrich our life, but rather what we hear may simply not be good news for us. The message of John is not meant to be a feel-good message, after all, but it's meant to be true and honest and to be a true and honest invitation. However, his invitation is not merely to act, but to pause, to be still in the moment. As I walked in this morning, I noticed that your crush over here is empty. While for some folk who may not necessarily go to church, like, hey, you forgot the action figures in that crush. You know, you're supposed to have some people in there. But for us who are here in Advent, we know this is a time of preparation, a time of waiting. We light special candles. We prepare our body both visually, physically, with all our senses. The music we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Not, oh, you have arrived, Emmanuel. We are yearning, we are waiting, we are preparing ourselves for the coming of God, for the coming of Christ. And John's invitation is to pause, to take inventory of our lives, to see what in our lives is working that is bringing forth good fruit, fruit of repentance, and what in our lives is not bearing any fruit. For those of you who have ever gone out Christmas shopping, whether for food or gifts, you know the true chaos that ensues in stores. I myself would be guilty of forgetting items for the meal on Christmas Day or gifts till, I don't know, December 24th at 5 p.m. when I'm running to the Macy's. That rush of constantly doing things prevents us from simply being still. And I get it. We're all busy. However, as a friend puts it, Advent, the season of waiting and John's invitation to us, is meant to be interruptive. It's meant to interrupt our lives. I don't like interruptions. <laughs> I'll speak for myself. I was, this morning I was running late to church. If a, I would get a flat tire, the last thing I would have said was, thank you, Lord, for giving me this time to just simply be with you and appreciate the beauty 
That would have not happened. I would have not been happy. However, in hindsight, I'm going to invite you to look backwards a little bit in your own life and look at times in which something happened that wasn't necessarily pretty or the most joyous thing, but somehow in the midst of that came something new, came a vision, came clarity, came joy. My invitation for all of you during this Advent season, especially as we prepare for Christmas, is to find time to pause and be still with God. Whether that's in your kitchen as you make cookies, which I'm a big baker. I should have brought some cookies this morning. Um, But when you make anything, whether you're on your couch or going for a walk or simply driving in your car, make time to be simply still to be quiet, to let God and invite God to be there in the midst of you. John's invitation to those crowds who gather around Jesus is an invitation for us to look inwardly, to look at our lives, to see what needs transforming and changing. When those people approach Jesus, they ask him what they can do. And again, John tells them that they can bear fruit of repentance. Again, that term boggles me at times. What I do is break down that term. Fruit is that which we produce. A repentance is that which we are given when we are sorry for something we have done. However, we know that true repentance is not merely the product of one person, but of two people. When I say sorry to someone in true, in a very true way, I hope and pray that they will forgive me. See, repentance is not merely about us, as it is so much of our relationships, which include God. The fruits of repentance that will pour out from us when we are in a state of repentance, that is, in a state of unity, can be a beautiful thing. As John advises us, that means feeding the poor and calling the naked. However, all of our relationships are different. When we come to unity with God and others, fruit will come. The invitation of St. John the Baptist this morning is to be ready to pause and to act. I don't often get the chance to stand on such a high pulpit. I usually sit in, I, I'm usually like tiny pulpits where it's like eye to eye. So being able to see the body of Christ gather here is a beautiful thing. I kind of wish that all of you could come up right here and see this beautiful mosaic of God's people. People will come here with joy, with pain, with suffering and excitement, and all kinds of feelings. We come here not merely hoping that God will be here, but knowing that God will be here amongst God's people, amongst God's table. During this Advent season, I invite you to pray for sight. Yes, sight. 
which many of us have simply from birth. Sight to see the glory of God in people and to see the glory of God in the world, especially and especially in those places that we deem as dead or not worthy of bearing fruit. Amen.